have a question as we begin this morning. Just a, a simple question for you. How many of you feel like life is a battle or a struggle? Anybody feel like life is a battle or a struggle? How many, how many of you feel like, like you're all alone in this struggle? Anybody feel like they're all alone? Not many? Okay, let's pray. But do, do any of you feel like you're fighting the battle of life by yourself? Like it's you against the world and that you're all alone in the battles. Maybe you have a, you're having a battle with your spouse or maybe you're having a battle with, with your children. Maybe you feel like it's you against the world at work, that you don't have any support at work and you feel like it's you against the world there. You just feel alone. There's no one by your side. And you're all alone. You know, I think we all feel that way from time to time. We feel alone. We, we struggle in this life against maybe sin or temptation. We struggle in this life against feelings of, of loneliness. And we feel like we're, we're in a kind of a battle. And we just feel alone. This summer, we've gone through a, a sermon series I've called the, the Summer Concert Series. In the Summer Concert Series, we are taking uh, hit song titles from the last eight decades, and we are using the song titles as sermon titles. So a few weeks ago, we looked at the 40s, and we talked about the song Sentimental Journey. A couple weeks ago, we looked at uh, the 50s, and we talked about how God rocked a jailhouse. Um, in the 60s, uh, we talked, we read, last week we looked at the book of Jude, and we said, hey Jude, thank you, uh, and then today we're going back to the 70s. Uh, we're going to look at the last number one hit single for the Jackson 5, came out in 1970. It was written by Barry Gordy, uh, and uh, it was their first ballad, it followed hits like ABC and I Want You Back, um, I Will Not Dance for You This Morning, I Will Not. That would be bad. That would be very bad. But uh, the last number one hit song of the Jackson 5 was the song, I'll Be There. And uh, to, this morning we're going to look about, we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 31 verses 1 through 8. Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 8. And we're going to look at a lot of different passages of scripture this morning. Uh, some will be up on the screen for you, but I, it, there's just going to be a lot of scripture we're going to talk about. But our main text is Deuteronomy 31. So grab your Bible. If you haven't already done so, grab your Bible and uh, grab your bulletin. Turn to the back page to the HDO and you can fill out some blanks in just a moment. But grab your Bible, turn to Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 8. And let's read that together. Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 8. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua, Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Moses was turning over the reins of leadership to Joshua. He was 120 years old, the Bible says. First 40 years of his life or so were spent in Pharaoh's palace. The next 40 years were spent in the wilderness. And then the final 40 years of his life were also spent in the wilderness, but he was wandering in the desert with the Israelites, leading them to the promised land. The Israelites did not believe Joshua and Caleb. They did not believe the spies who went into the land and said, yes, we can take it. Instead, they took the word of 10 men who said, there's no way we can do it. So God, until that generation died off, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then here they are on the threshold of the promised land. Here they are getting ready to enter into the promised land of Canaan. But Moses was not allowed to enter because of his disobedience and his arrogance. In Numbers chapter 20, verses 10 and 11, the people of Israel are complaining to Moses once again. They're thirsty. And Moses says to them, says, Listen, you rebels, must we, him and his brother Aaron, bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. There was a problem. One, Moses took credit for something that it was not him who did it. It was God who was going to bring water from the rock. But God told Moses to speak to the rock and water would come out of the rock. But Moses did not obey God. He disobeyed God. In a fit of rage and anger, he strikes the rock twice as though the rock did something wrong. He strikes the rock twice. Water still comes out. God, in his grace, still provides the water. But because Moses was arrogant and he disobeyed, he was not allowed to enter into the promised land. So it's time for a new leader. And Moses uh, turns the reins of leadership over to Joshua. And Joshua is going to bring the people into the promised land. Look at verses 6 through 8 again, the commissioning of Joshua. This is what Moses tells Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, the people living in Canaan. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So the Israelites are going to enter into this foreign land, and there are enemies to conquer. Their natural reaction would be what? Fear. When you're going up against people that you don't know, the, the Israelites have been nomads. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. No time to develop technology and weaponry. And yet the people living in Canaan lived in fortified cities. They had uh, one of the places um, in Joshua talks about how uh, one of the people groups had ironclad chariots. They said, how can we go up against these people? They have advanced weaponry, advanced technology, fortified cities. Their natural reaction would have been fear. They had many enemies to conquer, and they felt weak and powerless against these fortified cities and ironclad chariots. They were easy targets, and defeat was inevitable, except for one thing. God was with them. God was with them. God was with them. Say it with me. 
God was with them. When we face battles and struggles and circumstances and situations where we feel alone, we need to remember that God is always with us. That God is with us wherever we go. That God is always with us. The first blank on your outline this morning is we are strong because God is always with us. We are strong because God is always with us. The first thing that God told Joshua was to be strong and courageous. To be strong and courageous. God was with Joshua and he could have strength and courage in the battles against Israel's enemies. Against the enemies that they would go up against, Joshua could be strong and courageous because God was with him. The strength that he had did not come from within himself. It wasn't about pulling himself up by his bootstraps. It wasn't about uh, advanced weaponry and technology. Uh, It wasn't about any strength that he could summon within himself, but rather the strength that Joshua had came from God, knowing that God was with him. The same thing can be said for us. When we fight in the battles of life, when we fight in the circumstances against the situations, against the trials, against the tests, against the temptations, we need to be strong because God is with us. And if we will obey him and if we will follow him, God will be with us wherever we go. The Bible says that he will never leave us and never forsake us. As a church, we need to be strong, and we can be strong. You know why? Because God is with us. If you look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus said, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Do you know who's here today? I mean, besides you. Jesus is here with us. God is here with us. His Holy Spirit has filled this place with his presence. I have felt his spirit moving here today. Have you? God is here with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And as a church, we can be strong no matter what comes our way, no matter what trials may come, no matter what anyone may do to us, no matter what persecution may come down the pike, it won't matter because God is with us. And if we will do His will, if we will follow Him, if we will obey Him, He will never leave us. He will never, ever forsake us. He is always with us. And when we gather for worship, when we gather to take communion, God is with us. Jesus is with us. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus, we call it the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is always with us. Jesus is always with his people. He will always be with us. Jesus died on a cross and God raised him back to life on the third day and he ascended into heaven and now he sits at the right hand of the Father in glory and in majesty and he sits there and he is adored and worshipped by countless angels and saints who have gone on before. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and there is coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that Jesus is uh, reigning and ruling in majesty and power at this very moment and He is with us. We are not alone. We have nothing to be afraid of. We are not weak because the one who is with us gives us strength. And he's coming again. 
and he's coming again. And he will come. Until that time, he has sent us his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in the heart of every baptized believer. And the Holy Spirit has come to remind us that he is always, always with us. And we can be strong because God is with us. The second blank on your outline is we are unafraid because God is always with us. We are unafraid because God is always with us. Moses told Joshua, do not be afraid or terrified of the people of Canaan because God was with Israel. Now the Hebrew word for fear, do not be afraid or terrified, the the Hebrew word there for fear uh, does not mean reverence or respect. It's not that kind of a fear, the kind of fear that we are to have of God, this reverent respect of God. When the Bible says to fear God, that's what it means, that we are to have a reverent respect of God. No, this is a a sheer terror kind of fear. This is like scary movie Friday the 13th Freddy Krueger kind of fear. It's like, ah! Joshua told the people, And God told Joshua, do not be terrified of the people of Canaan because I am with you and I will always be with you. God told the people through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 41, verse 10, he says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God and God is always with us. God's people have nothing to fear. We don't have to be afraid of anyone. The people of Israel didn't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid because God is with us. So are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Do your fears paralyze you emotionally? Do your fears paralyze you spiritually? Are, what are you afraid of? This morning, right now, what are you afraid of? What has you shaking in your boots in terror and fear? Do not be afraid. The Bible says, do not be afraid because God is with you. In Romans 8.31, Paul wrote, if God is for us, who can be against us? We have no one to fear because God is our protector. He is our shield. He is our fortress. He is our refuge. He is our hope. He does not leave us up to our own devices. Rather, he says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never abandon you. He will never abandon us. Do not be afraid, for God is with us. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And because of his great love for us, he will never leave us. Do you remember when you were falling in love with your spouse? Or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're falling in love. It's like, I wish I could be here forever. I wish I never, oh, I just love you so much. I, I never want to leave. I just want to be with you all the time. I just want to, I always want to be with you. I always want to be with you. Ah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Now you're like, oh, I'd do anything to get away from you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> God loves you. And he loves me. And he's, all, he's promised to always be with us. He will never leave us or abandon us. And nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Later on in Romans 8, verses 35 through 39, Paul wrote, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. He loves you that much. 
And he has this incredible, intense, burning, passionate love for you and for me. And nothing can separate us from his love. Um, in the book of James, James promises that God will draw near to us if we will draw near to him. In James 4, 8, he wrote, come near to God and he will come near to you. He will always be there. He will never abandon us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. God is always, always there. And if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. In Psalm 145, verses 18 and 19, David wrote, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. That God, when you cry out to him, he will rescue you. He will save you because he loves you. He will make you strong. He will make you unafraid. The third blank on your outline this morning is we are victorious because God is always with us. God promised Joshua victory in the battles that came. That they would defeat the people of Canaan and they would overcome their enemies. Not in their strength, not in their power, but rather by God's power and by God's strength. In our battles with sin, in our battles with doubt, in our battles with temptation, we may feel like we have to rely on our own strength. That it, it's all about me and I got to do this and I got to stand up and I got to be strong. No, God is the one who has promised to protect you. God is the one who has promised to be with you. God is the one who has promised you victory in his strength, not in your strength alone. God gives us victory by his Holy Spirit living in us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we see that the Bible says that God gives us a way out of temptation. And we can have victory over temptation. You may feel weak and powerless against temptation. Oh, I just can't help myself. That's not true. The Bible says that God will provide a way out of whatever temptation that you are facing. He will provide a way out. So don't sit there in weakness. Don't sit there in fear. Don't sit there in defeat and say, there's nothing I can do. God has promised a way out. He will protect you. He will deliver you. He will rescue you. He will give you strength to overcome even temptation. We have victory over fear. In 1 John chapter 5, we, hear, we see that victory comes by faith in Jesus. We have faith. We have victory in our faith. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read that we have victory over sin. We have victory over death. We have victory over the grave. God is always with us, and he gives us victory, and he will make us victorious. Even in our temptations, even in our trials, even in our tests, God will give us victory by his power and by his strength. We have nothing to be afraid of because God is with us. And he will never abandon us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. There is nothing to be afraid of because God is always with us. I have a word of caution. There's a, there's a great big but. A little bit later in Deuteronomy 31. You've got to turn the page to see it. Verses 15 through 18 says, the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the cloud stood over the entrance to the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, you are going to rest with your fathers, and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I made with them. On that day I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them, and they will be destroyed. 
many disasters and difficulties will come upon them. And on that day, they will ask, have not these disasters come upon us because our God is not with us? And I will certainly hide my face on that day because of all their wickedness and turning to other gods. You see, God knew the hearts of his people. He knew that they would wander away in unfaithfulness. He said, you guys are going to be unfaithful, and you're going to prostitute yourselves with other gods. You're going to leave me. You're going to abandon me, and I will hide my face from you. Now, you know what? It didn't mean that he, he didn't still love them, because he still loved them. He still called them his people. He still, even though he knew that they would do this, he still brought them into the promised land. They broke his commandments. They broke his covenant over and over and over again. And you know what? A little bit later on in the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, Isaiah prophesied that the people would say that God had forsaken them. But God says it was not true. In Isaiah 49, verses 14 through 16, says, Israel says, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And this is what God says in response. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. God engraved his people on the palms of his hands. Why? Because he loved his people and he loves his people. Jesus died for you and me because of God's great love for us. There are engravings on the hands of Jesus. There are engravings. They are not names. They are nails. And Jesus took the piercing of his hands. And in those piercings, they are the piercings of love. Jesus died for you, and he died for me, and he took the, the nails in his hands for you, and he took the nails in his hands for me. He has the scars to prove his love for you and me. He died for us. And he asks that you put your faith and your trust in him for salvation. And he will always, always be with you. Two groups of people I want to talk to this morning. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, if you've never been baptized, you're the first person, first people I need to talk to. That today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to be saved. That God has promised that he will never leave you, he will never abandon you, he will never forsake you. All he asks is that you put your faith and trust in his son Jesus Christ. That you turn away from sin and you turn to God for forgiveness and repentance. That you confess your faith and you say publicly that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and I want him to be my Lord and Savior. And that you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. We have one baptism already, so somebody's getting wet today, why not, why not join them? Today is the day. If you are a new believer in Jesus, turn to God for forgiveness and confess your faith and be baptized today. If you are, the second people I want to talk to is if you are a baptized believer in Christ, I want to challenge you to remain steadfast and to remain firm in your faith and in your devotion to Christ. Do not leave him when the hard times come. Do not forsake the one who said he will never forsake you. Because the hard times do come, and doubts and fears arise. But if you just call on his name, he'll be there. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the promises of Scripture. We know that they are true. We know that your word is true. 
And we pray today that, Lord, you would strengthen us and that you would help us to conquer fear and that you would give us victory over all the things that come against us. Help us, God, to trust in you and to know that you are God and that you are good. I pray today for those who've never made a step of of faith and and have not been baptized, and I pray that today would be the day that they say, I give my life to Jesus. And for those of us who have been baptized, I pray that you would help us to remain firm, to remain steadfast, to faithfully follow Christ each and every day. We give you all the praise and all the glory, and all the people said, Amen. Amen.